0: Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of Data Protection Gumbo all right welcome to data protection gumbo another episode of data protection gumbo and i am sitting in the studio right now with a great guest with a hot topic around artificial intelligence yes it is another conversation around ai your favorite topic besides ransomware but maybe we'll we'll mix a little bit of both in there for you as well so i have the pleasure speaking with Robert Daigle and uh, he has an extensive background in leadership roles within the tech industry from software startups to fortune 500 companies also he also specialized in ai technology for nearly a decade uh, managing both technical and business teams and he was also instrumental in launching one of the first ai recruiting platforms before taking the role as global AI lead for lenovo infrastructure solutions group where he currently leads the strategy business development and go-to-market efforts globally so robert welcome to the gumbo how are you
1: i'm doing great thank you Demetrius. It's, it's so good to be here and i uh, really appreciate the opportunity to come on the podcast and talk a little bit more about artificial intelligence uh, it's such a hot topic right now, and I've been working in this space for almost a decade. And it's just really exciting to see how much momentum uh, has come into this space in the in the past six months. So we're really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, a, a lot has happened within the last six months, and the doors of AI was kicked open by Open AI, right, with, with Chat GPT and the world was uh, really introduced to a commercialized version of a chat bot or generative AI or whatever you want to call it. But it, it seems to be like everywhere today. I mean, I just read something about uh, Chipotle hired a bot, or well, they they have a bot to do the avocado, the guacamole or something. It's called Avo Bot or something, I don't know. But it intrigues me now that slowly, uh, uh, AI and ML is, is is taking over different aspects of how we work today. Um, but yeah, just just really wanted to dive in and and also maybe first tap in and and find out how you found yourself in the field of AI.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great question. It's been a fun journey so far. So actually, I started working. At, you know, I've been in software as a service companies for some time and i started working with an ai company although we didn't really know what to call it at the time it was about a decade ago i was working for a recruiting uh, software company that was using uh, machine learning uh, to look at how we could improve uh, candidate quality for recruiters and for the sourcing uh, process and we you know we went through this whole debate we were actually you know launching a new platform uh, that was all about using ai and sourcing and we had this debate i we remember having this debate with our ceo at the time about what we should call it should we call it ai should we call it recruiting robotics you know what's really the term that that we wanted <laughs> to lean into we picked ai but that really wasn't yeah. a prevalent you know term and and uh, you know we were doing some really interesting trailblazing work uh, so that's really how i got into this field and then I've been, you know, joined Lenovo about six years ago and have been working in their AI business for the past six years. Uh, but yeah, it's been a fun ride so far. And the world has changed significantly since uh, since I got into uh, AI about 10 years wow.
0: ago. Ten, 10 years. So you you you've seen the things change and shift over like when AI was not, it was not hot and sexy like it is right now because everyone, it's on the tip of everyone's tongue and it's beginning to get... Table stakes uh, as well, because everyone's trying to create that next product and solution and plug in to to have their own automated capability to kind of roll out to customers now. Uh, but I, I want to see from you though what what has changed over, let's say, the last decade that you've been in AI, um, and, and and maybe the last acceleration also when open AI hit the scene.
1: Absolutely. You know, what's been really interesting to see is how much easier it has become for organizations and for individuals even to start leveraging AI in their business. Uh, 10 years ago, you had to hire a team of data scientists. Uh, You had to have data engineers. You had to have ML ops engineers. You had to have a whole team that would be able to implement and you know a, a single model uh, to perform some business function. So it was pretty complex, and there were not as many tools out there, both commercial tools and open source tools, for organizations to tap into. Now you can literally make an account on OpenAI and, as an individual, start using AI. And and the next you know, the next big language for machine learning and deep learning is not Python, it's not R, it's English. You know, English and prompt engineering is actually the next programming language for AI. So it's really cool to see this democratization of AI and that's really what we've seen accelerate over the past uh, six months with generative AI hitting the market. And I'm talking to organizations of all sizes. Um, You know, I, I use the example, my Uh, One of my cousins actually runs a small business with five employees, and he uses ChatGPT in his business. So it's not just something for large, you know, Fortune 100s and Fortune 500s. It's organizations of all sizes are using AI today. So it's really exciting to see.
0: Okay, so... Simple question. It, it, do you view AI as good or bad?
1: Yeah, the, uh, the old age sentient, you know, is AI yeah. is sentient technology? Transcendence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, usually there's like an iRobot reference in here or Matrix reference. You know, honestly, like AI is what, what I see is it's not something that is um is really bad. It's another tool in our toolbox. And just as we've seen um other uh, you know revolutions uh, throughout time like the industrial revolution for example, it changed how we work and it changed the fabric of the workforce, but it was a good thing. And and it was a good thing for society. And AI is very similar. Um, It is a new revolution. And what I like to remind people is AI is not here to take your job. Now, people with AI Mm, may take your job, but AI in and of itself won't take your job. Uh, And I think as a quote I heard recently, I think it's so, so true. It really comes down to how well uh, you uh, are able to leverage artificial intelligence in your work, um, and make yourself more efficient, make your organization more efficient.
0: Yeah. And, and you mentioned um, leverage AI. And, you know, we, we have a lot of IT professionals and also within the cybersecurity space, uh, backup recovery, business continuity, even those that are dabbling with Bitcoin, even though Bitcoin is not hot and sexy anymore. It used to be hot and sexy when when it ran up to, what, 80, 90,000? 90,000, I think, I, it was a ridiculous number. Um, and everyone was talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And now it's kind of just uh, a normal currency now until something like lights the fire again and it just goes crazy. Uh, but so a lot of people do listen and a lot of people think that AI is evil, you know, including Elon Musk. And maybe he's back down a little bit. But what what should people or listeners especially be doing to prepare themselves for this this so-called AI revolution?
1: Yeah, I love the Elon Musk reference, by the way, because if you look at like the timeline of Elon Musk and his opinion on generative AI, he helped launch OpenAI. And then he came out, you know, a few months ago and said, oh, it's, you know, it's dangerous. We need to slow it down. And then, you know, it's the, if you can't beat them, join them adage, I guess, because then he launches XAI, which is his competition for open AI. So it's really interesting to see that full kind of life cycle. So, you know, know, going back to like what IT professionals need to be thinking about um, that are listening in. Uh, there's really three things that that I usually recommend when you're thinking about artificial intelligence in your organization. First off, it's using uh, AI in your own operations. As an IT professional, you need to be thinking about AI ops. AI ops is just applying AI to IT operations, and it starts at the infrastructure level with being being able to do predictive maintenance on like do I have a hard drive failure or am I predicting a hard drive failure and can I, can I proactively uh, run maintenance that, that helps prevent downtime? Uh, so using like, you know, what we would use in industrial or manufacturing, how we'd apply AI there, now we're applying that in IT operations. So that's a great way you can use AI Uh, And not just that, but you can also start to use it up the stack in the application layer. So start to load balance where you're running an application based off whether you want better availability or better uh, price performance for that workload. So whether you want to move your VM from the cloud back to the core or to a different uh, Edge Data Center, that type of work can be done much more efficiently with AI. And there's a lot of great tools out there. Be thinking about how you use AI and IT operations called AI ops. Uh, the second thing is uh, supporting data science teams. If you have a data science team, you need to be engaged with them and working hand-in-hand with them to select the infrastructure. We've seen it over the past few years, just so many organizations um, the IT and the data science team are not communicating. You end up with shadow IT, where someone swipes a credit card and they've got a you know an instance out on some cloud provider, and you know they're running you know sensitive data that you have no visibility to, and you have no management and governance around, um, and that creates a, a a tough situation and a and a you know vulnerability for organizations. You got to be working hand in hand, and you can help you know. The, the data science teams make better decisions about the infrastructure they're using, the platforms that they're using to run their AI uh, solutions and build their AI models. So that's really important. And the third thing, not every organization is going to hire a data science team. Not every organization is going to build out this big team of data scientists. Some organizations are, gonna, are going to leverage off-the-shelf commercial applications that have AI embedded into it but as an IT professional you need to understand how these systems work and really the infrastructure cost typically ends up being 40 to 50% of the deployment and if you can do anything to help optimize the infrastructure but you know a lot of these use GPUs well can we look at a better price performance on the GPU is there a lower cost option how are we going to manage the infrastructure especially for edge AI where you're putting this out at you know, sometimes hundreds or thousands of sites, you know, data scientists or a lot of business stakeholders are not really thinking about manageability and the IT operations. You know, if you look at any of the reports on why AI projects fail, like Towards Data Science does a uh, annual report on this um, and a few other publications do this, you know, most of the, about half of the reasons that AI projects fail, usually are related to some type of, um, you know, like a data governance or, Access to infrastructure. About half the reasons are things that IT uh, professionals could influence and help solve. So you could help your your organization be successful with AI if you're if you have a seat at the table. And in many cases, the IT staff is not taking the rightful seat at the table.
0: Very insightful, and uh, I was also taking a peek. Uh, and re- reading a post about Lenovo and mentioning AI for crowd analytics. And <laughs> it's really funny because I am a big Netflix fan and I was trying to remember the name of this this movie uh, that was on fire. I mean, it was it, it literally turned Netflix upside down. It's called Squid Games. And it actually made me remember that game and some of the technology that they used in that game to identify the people that were still standing and playing the game. I mean, they were taking them out left and right, and it was like an automated uh, rapid fire. I mean, people would move and literally they would, you know, get... Hurt and <laughs> and leave the game. I I I won't I won't say yeah. it exactly, but I don't want to raise any flags here. We
1: don't want to spoil but it for anyone. Given, that has
0: it. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't want to we don't want to spoil it. But 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 given given that everything that we're hearing today is is there a reason to be concerned about AI? And and I know we can't beat this drum drum enough, but you know people that you know the bad actors are out there. People are are getting getting hacked and uh, cybersecurity is definitely an issue. And I think there were over 600 billion um, hacks or attacks, cyber attacks last year. Yeah, yeah, it,
1: it is. I mean, there is a, a, a reason to be aware and have some level of concern about how we use AI. Th- that example of, of cybersecurity is a great one where bad actors hackers are going to be leveraging generative ai to write malicious code you know just the way that developers are using it to write legitimate code um so there is a reason for concern uh, a couple things there too with the squid games reference that's a that's a new that's a new reference for me uh, normally people go with irobot or you know uh, you know uh, uh you know, it's a more you know, matrix or, or another reference, but no, it, it is. You know, I think we, what we've seen in the media, what we see in TV shows, uh, we we typically get the kind of worst version of it. We we rarely lean into the positives of it. We typically look at the worst version of it. But you know, it, th- there's definitely reason to be you know concerned, and I think the way that we uh, respond to that. It's not by saying we're not going to use AI because the bad actors are out there and they're going to be using it. We have to combat that. So the, the quicker that, you know, uh, CISO offices can, can start leveraging generative AI to do automatic patching uh, of their information security systems, uh, to start triaging alerts uh, for their IT staff. The more ways that we can start leveraging both, you know, the modern generative AI, and there's also a lot of other AI-based uh, technologies out there. Uh, the more we can start leveraging that, the better equipped we're going to be uh, to be able to defend our legitimate IT operations against these bad actors. Um, so I think it's really important. You know, I go back to the, the same thing I mentioned before, but you know, we we usually demonize AI, but really, you know, AI is not here to take jobs, as I said. It's but people with AI will. Um, So it's about how well we use uh, AI in our day-to-day work and and personal lives. Uh, With that being said, I like to remind people they need to be thinking about responsibility and ethics when they're applying artificial intelligence. Uh, We stood up in Lenovo, we stood up a responsible AI practice uh, that actually goes through a review of anything we're using internally or recommending to customers uh, that we have a checklist that we review every AI technology. And sometimes we choose not to pursue a partnership or not to leverage an AI system internally if it doesn't meet our responsibility and ethics review process. So I recommend every organization think about how you stand up a responsible AI committee or team that reviews these technologies before you deploy them.
0: Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And um, just a, a real quick question. Um, I, I I need a, a ThinkPad and I'm trying to figure out what's the best model, but maybe we'll save that later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the X1 is the best seller for a reason. It's a great one. So,
0: all right, all right.
1: That's normally what people think of when they think of Lenovo.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm definitely and Lenovo is obviously more than just uh laptops and 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 ThinkPads I guess that's the same thing but so so you you're now leading the the AI business and congratulations to you on on that um recent promotion there thank you and uh I I also want to know from you what exactly is, is Lenovo doing in the space uh, of, of artificial intelligence and it seems like you guys are doing some really really cool things over there
1: absolutely I think we're Lenovo's best kept secret uh, in our AI practice within Lenovo infrastructure solutions group group uh, some people don't even are not even aware that we have an infrastructure solutions uh, group that uh, focuses on data center technology we've you know we're number one in entry-level storage we're number one in supercomputing wow uh, performance computing a lot of people are, just don't even know that they they think of lenovo they think of uh, x ones, uh, x1 think pads uh, they think of yoga now you um,
0: said supercomputers yeah. are those quantum computers
1: not quantum computers but most research today most either g- uh, genome sequencing simulation uh, really any type of research that happens a day typically starts on a supercomputer. And Lenovo builds the most supercomputers in the world according to the top 500. Uh, so it's something we've been very focused on. Uh, we do things like use liquid cooling, something mm-hmm. you see in like a gaming PC. We've applied that to these large supercomputers that are racks and racks of, of systems. So we've really led in that space. Um, so not only are we in the data center, not only are we doing... Uh, a lot of work around infrastructure solutions, uh, but you know, back in 2017, we stood up our AI practice, and that's mm, when I joined. Okay. I was part of that uh, investment case to invest in AI. Our CEO went out and said, "Hey, we're going to put 1.2 billion dollars into AI at the time."
0: Yeah,
1: I was part of that investment. Me and okay. my team the infrastructure that we're doing, we have over 70 AI-ready platforms, servers, storage platforms Mm -hmm. uh, in our portfolio, but really the secret sauce is not the infrastructure, it's not the servers, it's what we're doing in addition to that. Uh, We recently made a big announcement around our AI innovators program. So we have over 45 software companies covering 150 AI solutions that we've qualified on Lenovo infrastructure. And so customers don't have to think about like, piece piece milling this together and like, okay, well, what hardware do I need to run this software solution? We've t-shirt sized it, you know? And and so we're trying to make it easier for uh, organizations to get started. And we also launched our Discover AI Center of Excellence. We have four of these centers around the world uh, where we do, you know, kind of work hand in hand with the customer to help them get started to accelerate their AI initiative. You know, loan them gear to get their POC off the ground. We'll do assessment workshops. We'll do recommendations on the right. ISVs that will be best suited for their use case. So uh, there's a lot of things we're doing in AI. Yeah, I along see. Their journey. I,
0: I am impressed. And uh, <laughs> you, you definitely changed my mindset into, to also take another look at, at Lenovo. And um, and you guys are doing some really cool things over there, especially with AI. And I take my hat off to, to the team over there and you know, kind of what you're providing for the world. And I actually thought a supercomputer and a quantum computer were the same thing, so I need some some training, training there.
1: Yeah, maybe. Well, quantum uh, computing is the next big technology on the horizon. Yeah, to, to be really interesting, um, and it will transform uh, supercomputing and and a lot of different types of computing. Uh, but you know, research has been going on in HPC systems, high performance computing systems, for, mm-hmm. for many years. We've actually. Uh, we actually launched our liquid cooling product line over a decade ago, uh, so you know that's specialized just for supercomputing. So yeah, we've been in that market for quite quite some time.
0: Well, excellent. I, I see a bookshelf behind you. What what what's uh, what's on your on your bookshelf, or what what's on your nightstand? What are you reading nowadays?
1: Yeah. So. Let's see. Um, the top of the stack is the Lenovo way. And right below that is the seven habits of highly effective
0: people. Uh, an oldie, so, but a goodie.
1: It's a classic. Yeah, I yeah. like to pick it up every once in a while and, uh, and and knock the dust off that one. That's a that's a classic one.
0: Well, awesome. I, I really um, enjoyed the conversation and I've learned quite a bit about uh, what Lenovo is doing over in the AI space and also some knowledge Just around, you know, LLMs and generative AI and the use of ChatGPT, et cetera, and how if you're not utilizing an AI functionality, whether it's a ChatGPT or maybe a Bard or whatever the others are, (laughs) then you you might get left behind because uh, prompt engineering is a real thing. I think I read something around. They're paying up to two hundred and fifty thousand or three hundred thousand for prompt engineers, and that sounds like a pretty cool gig to me, right? <laughs> do
1: not do not have to write code. Yeah, uh, I think it's a pretty awesome, a pretty awesome gig. So a whole new job market has just opened up in the past six months. Uh, yeah. doing prompt engineering, uh, and it, yeah, generative AI is really exciting. There's still a lot of other ways that. You know people are using ai today computer vision is still very popular voice ai workloads and you know, we've got a number of projects of voice ai computer vision uh generative ai is definitely going to be very interesting over the next 12 months as we see things move out of research and into more uh commercial grade applications so yeah, yeah definitely keep your eye on that market and and we'll definitely do a checkpoint here in a few months and uh share some of the exciting things that we're seeing customers use generative
0: ai for yeah and i'm glad you mentioned that computer vision thing because that was the one specific thing that i actually thought of squid games computer vision in in the the little red and and, and green letters above the heads of individuals and it was given a score on each person so it's, it's some pretty cool technology there but Definitely, Robert, thank you again for being a guest on Data Protection Gumbo. And before I end, I wanna let everyone know about the LinkedIn group that I run called Backup and Recovery Professionals. There's over 25,000 cybersecurity, data protection, backup, recovery, storage professionals there. And we all have great conversations about things such as what we're talking about now. So uh, also go out to Apple and uh, leave us a review and uh, guess what, everyone, make sure you back up your systems, you stay secure, and we'll see you on the next episode of Data Protection Gumbo. Thank you, Robert.
1: Thanks so much, Dimitris.